Ephesians chapter 6 is our text this morning on parenting and the gospel. Such a rich text, we're going to take two weeks to explore it. Today is focused on children, obey your parents. Now, as I've been studying the book of Ephesians, it has occurred to me that Paul's epic epistle to the Ephesians is effectively all about edifying relationships. Try to say that ten times fast, friends. Remember, Ephesians part 1, chapters 1 through 3, is all about the Christian's relationship to God. That's the vertical of, of Christian faith. Believers in Jesus, we learn in the first half of Ephesians, are chosen by the Father in eternity past. We are adopted in Christ by His death on the cross. We are sealed through His Spirit by belief in the truth. We are raised out of spiritual sin and death and saved by God's amazing and matchless grace, all to be united together, both Jew and Greek, into this glorious, God-loving family called the church. What a glorious epistle. What a glorious truth that we have been reconciled by grace and through faith to God the Father. But that's just the first half. In part two, Ephesians 4 to 6, you remember, this is all about the Christians' important relationships within this new humanity. The first half is vertical. The second half, friends, that's uh, gloriously horizontal. This half which focuses on the fact that Christ redeems and now reshapes through the work and power of the gospel a people for God's own presence. Believers now, not just to come, but now in the Lord Jesus Christ are called to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. That is characterized by a new orientation to former pleasures, to sin and selfishness. It brings a new power to now be imitators of God as beloved children and to walk in love, resulting all in New relationships within the household of faith, as we've been walking over these last several weeks through these relationships, a new home, including different relationships between husbands and wives, today and next week between children and parents, and even between masters and servants. The gospel changes all of our relationships, and that's Paul's point here as he begins to round out the book of Ephesians. Friends, grace brings us to Jesus, and grace makes us like Jesus. That's what we're learning here together at Trinity. Well, friends, there's a, an old gospel hymn that I remember singing very, very often as a young person down in Tennessee by Bayless Benjamin McKinney. How would you like to have that name? Old B.B. McKinney, Bayless Benjamin. It goes like this, kind of like what Linda played for us this morning. God, give us Christian homes. Do you remember this hymn? Maybe not. Maybe it's a, truly a southern hymn that we sang down in Tennessee. Homes where the Bible is loved and taught. Homes where the master's will is sought. Homes crowned with beauty your love has wrought. God, give us Christian homes. Who's heard this before? A couple of us. All right. We used to sing this all the time. Stanza number two. God, give us Christian homes. Homes where the Father is true and strong. Now, that's very much in opposition to the current depiction on television of fathers today. Homes that are free from the blight of wrong. Homes that are joyous with love and song. God give us Christian homes. 
Moms, you're not left out. Verse 3 says, God, give us Christian homes, homes where the mother in caring quest strives to show others your way is best. Those of us that have been blessed with a godly mother, we know how true that is. Homes where the Lord is an honored guest, God God give us Christian homes. Now, somebody maybe just walking in off the street might listen to this and say, man, Pastor Dan, get with the times. This sounds awfully nostalgic and old. Well, praise God for it. Praise God for it. Isn't this what we ought to have, what we truly should pray for in our homes? But it's the last stanza, kids, the fourth stanza of this great golden oldie that I remember singing so often as a child, which best introduces our subject this morning. The fourth stanza reads this, God, give us Christian homes, homes where the children are led to know. Christ in his beauty, who loves them so. Homes where the altar fires burn and glow. God, give us Christian homes. Guys, I've been praying that hymn for us all week long, that God would take today's word and he would truly answer that prayer to give us Christian homes. You know, they say that kids don't come with an instruction manual uh, today, but actually that's not true because it comes with the Bible. We have an instruction manual on how to raise children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Well, friends, here's today's big question for us to consider. How does the gospel of Jesus Christ help to shape, or maybe better, to reshape the home? In other words, what does it look like for children and parents, for teenagers and busy moms and dads, to be filled with the Spirit? Remember, that's the the key controlling verb from this uh, in Ephesians 5, 18 that really controls chapter 5, chapter 6 as well. And then to try to live submissively and obediently and intentionally in such a way that God's good plan and unmatched power are put on full display for the world to see and for the world to come to enter in to the church of Jesus Christ. How does the gospel transform not just you, but your home? Not just your home, but this household called the church in 1 Timothy chapter 3. In other words, what does a spirit-saturated home, or how does a spirit-saturated home display the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ? Laurie and I have been parents for 16 years, and we are still scratching the surface of what it means to raise a godly home. We probably have failed more than we have succeeded in these 16 years. But God has been with us, and maybe many of you know that same struggle and that same sweetness. Uh, Day in and day out, Groundhog's Day we call it in our home, Uh, and God is so good to us. He is so good to us. Well, listen, as Paul has unpacked for us just in the last couple of weeks, the beautiful uh, principles and the key picture of how marriage itself between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, mirrors and reflects the gospel of Jesus and his love for the church. Now he turns, as we see in our text, to parenting, to dads, to moms, and to children. At the beginning of Ephesians chapter 6, let's listen to God's word once more in this section on the house codes 
in, early, in the early church on how different relationships now have a new purpose and a new identity, Paul writes this, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Beloved, that is God's holy and inspired and inerrant word for us today. As I've studied this text over the last few weeks, I see two glorious principles emanating from the passage. They are so rich, and we could spend so much time on either of them that I've broken this message really up into two parts. Today, a message for children. Next week, a message for parents. The first principle is this. It is that Christian children display their love for Jesus by obeying and honoring their parents in the Lord. Kids, listen to me. And really, every one of us is a child. Listen to me. Christian children display their love for Jesus by listening to and loving and obeying their moms and dads in the Lord. That's what Paul is saying here. And then secondly, we'll look at this next Sunday. Christian parents likewise display their love for God, their love for the Lord Jesus Christ by lovingly disciplining and nurturing little hearts to know and to love Jesus Christ. There's a word for children. There's a word for parents that Paul has for us this week. Now look, to be clear, this text is really helpful <clears throat> excuse me, for all families, for every family, including non-Christian families, mothers, fathers, children today. They could all glean and maybe benefit to some degree from what Paul is saying here. It's good advice. It's good counsel. But make no mistake, the Apostle Paul is explicitly addressing Christian families, Christian homes in ancient Ephesus and in the modern context as well. That is, Paul is talking to believing dads. He's talking to faithful moms. He's talking to regenerate children in these verses. In other words, for many of us, he's talking to us. This isn't the kind of message that you say, you know, I, I hope that so-and-so is listening today. You know, this would be a good message for my neighbor with their kids to hear. No, this is a message <clears throat> for us to hear today. This is how we who love and know the Lord Jesus Christ by grace and through faith are called to live in submission, whether we are 10 or 50. We are called to live in submission. We are called to live in obedience and with a God-exalting purpose in our homes and through our families for His glory. This is a message for each one of us, even if it's a rather simple message. I don't know about you, but I love the simple messages. I need simple messages. Don't you know we kind of teach and train our children, at least we should, with simple truth. 
get too cute and complicated sometimes, moms and dads. We need to simplify it. Kids, I know it's, it's back to school time for many of you, and you probably have vocabulary lists coming out your ears already. Well, Paul gives us a few new vocabulary words in this particular text, words like obedience. We're going to talk about what obedience really means, and words like honor, like discipline, Words like instruction, these are all important and biblical and godly words for us to know. Again, these are not simply optional suggestions for how you and I might have a stress-free home. That's not what Paul is doing at all. Instead, these are heaven-sent orders for us to follow in order that we might have a truly holy home. A Christ-honoring home, a home that ultimately reflects the gospel of Jesus Christ. Psalm 127, verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the home, those who labor, labor in vain. Perhaps you're here this morning and there have been seasons, years, maybe even, where you honestly have been building on your own power. You've been building according to your own wisdom. You have not allowed the Lord to build your home, and maybe you're reaping the consequences of those decisions. There's grace for you, there's freedom, there's forgiveness, and there's fresh insight for you over these next few weeks. I don't know about you guys, but I am desperate. I am truly desperate for the Spirit of God to fill my heart, to fill our home, and to fill this church with the fruit of mutual submission. Right out of Ephesians 5, 21, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. To fill us with joyful obedience, not this drudgery of duty, but joyful obedience, loving each other and listening to each other, of patient and thoughtful and effective discipleship, all for the glory of God and for the good of, again, my home and yours, our church and this community, and even for the whole world, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So again, firstly, this morning, our main point today is simply this, that Christian children are called to display their own love for God by honoring their moms and dads in the Lord. Paul says in verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Another way we might render that is, children, obey your mom and dad, because this is proper. This is fitting. This is the the right result of right belief. The parallel to Ephesians uh, Ephesians 6 verse 1 is actually Colossians 3 verse 20, where Paul writes in that text, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Maybe that helps us to understand a little bit what Paul means when he says, for this is right. It, it pleases the Lord. And remember what Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. So obedience, kids, is the display of faith in the authority that God has established over us. That's what obedience really is. Someone has said that obey is a word that has to do with action. Honor is a word that has to do with attitude. There are actions and there are attitudes. Obedience drives at the action. Honor drives at the attitude. 
Back over in Ephesians 6, verses 2 and 3, Paul says, Honor your father and mother. That word honor actually is related to the word in the Hebrew for glory. It's not that we idolize our parents or we glorify our parents, but we hold them with weight. That's what the word glory actually means. We, we view them with esteem. They are, their word carries weight with us. That's what Paul is saying here. Honor. Thank you, brother. I guess I have a little tickle in my throat today. I have this big one right here. I don't know why I'm not using it. I was cheering on our Fleetwood Tigers Friday night, much to my chagrin, um, <clears throat> but that's probably a little residual uh, damage to the old vocal cords. You'll just have to endure, Pete. You'll just have to endure. <laughs> Glory, esteem, that's what the word honor means. It's interesting to me, and, and I want you to look in the scriptures here uh, in chapter 5 and chapter 6, that Paul does this with each of these household, house code sections. He does it with husbands and wives, with masters and bond servants, and with parents and children. Do you notice what he does? He addresses the socially subordinate or culturally subordinate role first. Wives, submit to your husbands. Children, obey your parents. Bond servants, obey your masters. There is an intentionality behind this. We could say that holy obedience then and, and humble respect and honor on the part of children toward parents actually reveals our worship to God himself. Kids, listen to me. You're obedient. You might wonder, Pastor Dan, how can I serve Jesus today? Listen to me. Your obedience to mom and dad is actually a big part of your offering to Jesus today. You may not have the, the skills yet. You may not have any treasure, any money to be able to provide. But what you do have is a, a right attitude, a, a right heart. You can listen to your mom and dad, and that is your offering to the Lord Jesus Christ today. Now, one could very well imagine a modern paraphrase of Ephesians 6.1 reading something like this. Parents, obey your children in the house, for this is easiest. We could very much imagine that. We've all seen families that look more like that translation than the biblical translation, that children lead their moms and dads by the ears or by the nose and not the other way around. The well-known Bible commentator Warren Wiersbe noted that the English Duke of Windsor once snidely remarked, the thing that impresses me most about America is the way that parents obey their children. That's what he had to say. A few weeks back in the Sermon on Marriage, I referenced the Greek philosopher Socrates. Well, he has also a word here about children. Remember, he wrote in the fourth century BC, and he said this, children today are tyrants. They contradict their parents, gobble up their food, and tyrannize their teachers. Doesn't seem like things have changed all that much. Now does it. No, guys, we, I've said it past Sunday night. We have the best children in Berks County at this church, and I believe it. We are blessed as a body of believers here at Trinity. But the truth of the matter is, we can, kids, we can really let our, our attitudes go, and we can be pretty disrespectful. When Mark Twain was 17 years old, he purportedly said that he was amazed at how stupid his father was. Guys, kids, I know that's not a very nice word. We shouldn't really 
used that word that was a forbidden word in our family growing up, but he said that. However, by the time that he turned 21, apparently Twain said that he was astonished at how much the old man had learned in just four short years. Parents and children who want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ and live out the gospel today, contrary to popular opinion, you need to listen to this. While we are all made equal in dignity before God Almighty, we are not all made equal in authority before God Almighty. There is a difference between dignity and between authority. So kids, your obedience and showing honor to your parents in particular, both in your attitudes and in your actions, is a big part of your service and your submission and your offering to Jesus Christ at this stage in life. You may think it's small, but it's actually really big in God's sight. And He loves to see you do it. So listening, cleaning your plate, for example, or taking out the trash with a good attitude, doing your homework, or letting your little brother out of a headlock, all of these things are ways that you can live out your allegiance to Jesus Christ today. Listening to and living under those in human authority over you, even as young believers, is how you can demonstrate your love for a good and wise and faithful Heavenly Father above you. There's a story told, and Troy Meitzler asked me to share this. I don't know why. It's a Dallas Cowboys illustration. Everybody knows Roger Stallback. Roger Stallback was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys a long time ago, led the Cowboys to a Super Bowl win in 1971, and he admitted that his position as quarterback, when he wasn't able to call his own plays, caused a lot of tension between he and Coach Tom Landry. Coach Landry sent in every single play. Landry would call the running plays. Landry would call the passing plays. And Stallback, a very talented quarterback, didn't really like it. But eventually he came to submit to it. And what began to happen was not only was his attitude different, but the performance of the team was different. He apparently said, I faced up to the issue of obedience, and once I learned to obey, there was harmony, there was fulfillment, there was victory. Kids, as long as you buck against the authority of mom and dad in the home, there will be frustration and failure. But when you listen and begin to submit your heart to those in authority over you, there will one day be victory. And you'll get to start seeing it in small ways, even immediately. Now, friends, I want you to notice with me back in the text in verse 1, that the word that Paul chooses to use here, and he could have used a different word for children, is a word techna in the Greek. It it actually can refer to children of varying ages. It's not the word that one would use if you were only talking about little kids, little children. It's a word that has more flexibility to that. You could talk about young children chronologically or even somebody who is a child, but they are much, much older. And I think Paul is primarily addressing children in this passage, and particularly children who are living under the parent's authority in their home. But as one author said, this is a word not so much about age, it's a word about relationships. 
And so when you think about that, it's a word that means all of us need to sit up, perk up, and listen up. Because all of us are children. The command of Christ to honor parents, whether they believe the gospel or not, that is not what the condition in the Lord means, is a lifelong command. There's no expiration date, kids, like you're just waiting for your 18th birthday in order for you to finally not have to listen to mom and dad anymore. That's not what the text is saying. In fact, Paul roots this command in the very instructions of the moral law found back in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and Exodus chapter 20, where we find the 10 words or the 10 commandments. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, is where we find the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. It's also repeated in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. And I think the point, to some degree, is that the command to honor one's parents, even in the ordering of the Ten Commandments, is foundational, actually, to keeping all other commands that follow. Commands like, Do not commit adultery, or do not steal, or don't covet your neighbor's possession. Do not bear false witness. All of these seem to lay on the foundation of actually abiding or listening to the authority of mom and dad. Just think about it. If we truly desire to honor our parents, we probably won't seek to disgrace them by becoming a serial killer by committing adultery, by stealing, or by lying if we are really motivated by honoring our parents. Now, we all know that we may struggle. In fact, we all will struggle. We all will stumble to varying degrees. But it's amazing how big a difference, kids, listen. It's amazing how big a difference a little obedience early in life can make in the trajectory of your life. If you compromise in listening to your parents or having the bad attitude with your parents early in life, just imagine what's going to happen on the backside of your life when that trajectory works out on full scale. It's one reason why it's so important to listen and to obey and to to honor those over us in the Lord. In his commentary on this particular passage, Dr. James Montgomery Boyce, formerly of uh, 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, had some really neat things to say. One was that he points out that the traditional, maybe you didn't know this, there's a traditional Christian ordering or handling of the Ten Commandments, and there's a Jewish tradition with this. And he talks about the the Christian handling uh, of the Ten Commandments To honor your father and mother places that fifth commandment on the first table. The first table, which really is a table referring to man's relationship and orientation to God. Uh, The the, the second table, I should say. The Jewish places it on the first table. And he, he makes this comment at the end. He says, this is because obedience to parents is part of our relationship to God. And because disobedience to parents is at the heart of our spiritual rebellion against God. It really, really matters. I also want you to notice that Paul says that children are to obey their parents because this is right. Because this is right. Another translation says, children, obey your parents as you would the Lord. As you would the Lord. You know, one of the first 
impressions that kids have of what God is like is what they see in a mom or in a dad. Reminds me of a story of a a son who was watching his favorite television show when his father came into the living room and said, son, please go empty the trash. The son replied, I don't feel like it. I think this was recorded when I was a teenager. Stunned by his son's response, the father said, Son, I'm not interested in having an emotional conversation about your feelings right now. I'm just interested in you emptying the trash. But I'm watching my favorite show, replied the son. Son, your favorite show has to wait because your father has given you an instruction. That's an illustration with a point behind it that parents must teach, must not cave, compromise, or capitulate to little tyrants at home. We have a a role to play to train their hearts to respect and honor authority. And when we begin to compromise, what's going to happen later in life when an employer says, I need that paper, I need that assignment done. Hey, my favorite show's on the computer screen. No, that's not how... It's going to work. Children are to hold their parents high in regard and obey them insofar, and this is an important caveat, insofar as what their their parents command them to do does not contradict the Word of God. There's a whole other thing we could say on that point. The point is that obedience and honor on the part of children toward their parents, believing and non-believing, really ought to be the rule and not the exception. should not be to a parent's surprise when you, without even being asked, go and take the trash out or when you comply to clean up your room when asked. That should not shock your parents, guys. That should be the normal response. Well, Paul adds next and finally here in this text that generally speaking, and this isn't really a promise, Generally speaking, the blessing of peace and prosperity to humble, holy, and obedient children comes when you obey and respect your parents. This does not mean that honoring your parents guarantees a prosperous and long life. We all know tragic stories of precious and beautiful and even compliant little children contracting some disease like cancer or some illness and and going home. What we would say is way, way, way too early. This is not a promise that if you want to live, you'll obey your parents. That's not really what Paul is saying, but generally speaking, there is a blessing which comes through obedience and punishment that comes when you disobey. Sounds a lot like Leviticus 26 or Deuteronomy chapter 28. I encourage you to go back and look at that. Just want you to listen as we get close to a finish here of a few words of warning from the Old Testament. And these are words that all of us, whether you're young or old, you need to listen to these words. Proverbs has a lot to say on this topic. Proverbs 20, verse 20 says, if one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in outer darkness. You think the writer Solomon or whoever wrote this particular proverb had in mind honoring your parents? Proverbs 30, verses 11 and also verse 17 says, There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. And verse 17 says, The eye that mocks a father and scorns 
to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. I think we could stand to read our Old Testaments a little bit more at home, right? Proverbs 23, verse 22, on the encouragement side, maybe a little lighter word of encouragement. Listen to your father who gave you life, the writer says. And do not despise your mother when she is old. Laurie didn't want me to read that verse today. And do not despise your mother when she is old. You know, we all know the story of 1 Samuel chapter 2 and 1 Samuel chapter 3 and a really bad example of Eli, the priest's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Those are terrible examples of what it means to honor your parents, kids. And it's so interesting that there is an obedient child that God provides in the prophet Samuel, right in that same context. If these examples and statements are not clear enough, listen to this last verse from Deuteronomy 27, verse 16. It says, Cursed be everyone who dishonors his father and his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. And that's because not only was this a rule for the home, it was a rule for the community, and they were watching out for this bad behavior, this disrespectful behavior, because ultimately, kids, being disrespectful and disobedient to mom and dad is a reflection of how you view God himself. We have said many times in our home that delayed obedience is disobedience. Stalling is not obeying. It's not obeying. When Laurie and I disciplined our children, especially when they were younger, we often had them repeat with us, I will obey all the way, right away, and with a happy heart. That was the saying that we, almost like a, a mantra that we did every time there was an occasion of discipline, I will obey all the way, right away, and with a happy heart. And it's not easy to parent like that. It's not easy to practice that because you know how non-compliant you are yourself in many ways before the Lord. But it's a good thing for your children. Friends, the Bible is clear. Submissive obedience to authority generally does lead to blessing. I think that's part of Paul's point in verse 3. While obstinate disobedience to authority generally leads to punishment and to consequences. So the spirit-filled home we've seen today is one where children supernaturally are enabled to strive for God's glory by obeying and honoring their parents as they would the Lord himself. But here's where we make our gospel turn. I don't know about you, but I'm a failure at doing that myself. How can I expect my children to obey me perfectly? Kids, the fact of the matter is, not only will you struggle with this, you will fail at this. Because failure is what we all face as fallen human beings. And that's why God gave us the greatest child of all. We, God knew that he would make a race of people that would scorn him and reject him and want to try to live their lives without him. And there would be a race of people that need to be redeemed and rescued by him. And so he gave his one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I desperately need the Lord Jesus to come and take residence in our hearts to show us what it means to love and listen to the Father. 
Kids, before turning to your moms and dads next week, I want to ask you a couple of questions this morning. How's your attitude at home? How's your attitude before mom and dad, whether it's early before school or perhaps late in the day when you're tired and cranky, how's your attitude at home? Are you listening to mom and dad? Are you loving the Lord by loving your parents? Kids, do you understand what Pastor Dan has shared this morning? If, if you're confused, if something doesn't make sense, I'm your pastor too. So I would love to have a conversation with you if you, if you need some just to talk through what does this mean in my life, then God has blessed you with six elders in this church that would love to talk with you. God has blessed you with a mom and dad who wants to help you understand what it looks like to please and honor the Lord. Don't struggle alone. Don't struggle in silence. Talk with those in authority over you. How about for those of us that have moved out and moved on from our homes? Realize that there still is an important place for us to honor our parents in the Lord. When was the last time you've called to check in on your parents? You've visited them. You've, you've showed them, expressed them your love for them. This, again, this doesn't expire when you get married or when you turn 18. Maybe that uh, command to obey changes when you establish your own home. But to honor your parents, that's, that's a lifelong precept that we need to honor. So maybe some of us need to really reflect on how we are engaging with family that lives farther away, that lives close by even, and how we are honoring or dishonoring them. And lastly, how, how are each of us doing at relying on the person and power of Jesus Christ to actually fill, uh, fulfill this command? Because again, I don't know about you, but I know that I am, it's impossible for me to love God the way I'm supposed to love God apart from God's presence and life within me. It's interesting to me that in two places in the New Testament, the Bible specifically calls out disobedience to parents in the last days. Romans chapter 1, verses 29 to 32 state this, and this actually makes the hair on the back of my neck stand on end, because it's as if the Apostle Paul is peering into the year 2022, and he's writing about the just the devastation of our culture. He says, they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to their parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, and ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Kids, this is one reason why your crowd, those you hang out with, those who you run with, they matter so much. Bad company corrupts good morals, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. The other place where Paul addresses this is in his last book, the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 1 and 2. Paul says to Timothy, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous and reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, 
but denying its power. Avoid such people. Jesus himself was submissive to the Father. I was reading the Gospel of Luke not too long ago, and it jumped out at me. In chapter 2, verse 15, we are told that Jesus went down with his parents from Jerusalem, and they came to Nazareth, and he, Jesus, was submissive to his parents. Jesus sets the standard for us, friends. He loved the Father and obeyed the Father perfectly and completely on our behalf, obeying the Father and laying down his life for those who needed salvation. Kids, your parents are not God's gift in your life to annoy you. They are God's gift in your life to help sanctify you, to help encourage you, to help point you to Jesus. And they are due your honor. And as long as you live under their roof and under their authority, you are to obey them in the Lord, for this is right according to God's word. Finally, to children, young and old, all of us today, let me give you three things to think about in application just very quick. Number one, are you struggling, kids, especially are you struggling with any particular area of obeying your mom and dad? Maybe it's just making your bed, something simple like that. Maybe it's cleaning your toys at the end of a day. Are you struggling in some way? Cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus for help. Just recognize your sin before the Lord. Acknowledge it before God and acknowledge it before your parents and you'll find grace and forgiveness from them. What a lesson of gospel love and truth you will have. But you have to acknowledge your sin before the Lord. And you have to acknowledge your sin before your parents as well. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. The Holy Spirit's not just for big people. The Holy Spirit comes into all God's children whenever we place our faith and trust in Him. Secondly, kids especially, but really all of us, are you thankful for your parents? Listen, there are no perfect parents. None. None of us are perfect. But you really have some amazing parents. This church is full of amazing moms and dads. Kids, when was the last time you simply said a short prayer, God, I thank you for mommy and daddy. I thank you for the parents you've given me. Let me encourage you to to thank God for your family. Even when things aren't always, you know, the way that you might want them to be, when you don't get what you ask for sometimes, you know, maybe that no is actually really the best way for your parents to love you. But I think it's, all, it's good for all of us to, to say thank you and I appreciate you and, and thanks for working so hard for me, mom and dad. Thanks, thanks for teaching me God's word. Thanks for praying for me and praying with me. I think that's a great way for us as children to honor and obey our, our parents. And then lastly, let me tell you, and my kids know this, I ask them to pray for me. Kids, when was the last time you prayed for your mom and dad to love Jesus more than they love you? And to love you from their love of Jesus. How about you pray for your parents? And actually right now I'd like to lead us in a prayer for all the parents and all the children as we close. Almighty God and Father. Again, this text really, it it just seems so just simple in front of us. But Lord, how hard it is with our broken sinful nature to want to submit to your truth. That's why we need Jesus, Lord. 
God, that's why you sent your very best to rescue us from everything that would like to destroy us. Father, thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for the moms and dads here at Trinity who are seeking to know you and to make you known in their homes. Lord, I know, I know that many of them probably feel like they are failing. Would you strengthen them, Lord? Give them fresh grace and, and energy to keep that fire on the altar of family devotions aflame. Steal the resolve of dads to be spiritual heads and leaders in their home. Give sweet grace to weary moms who are trying to spend so many plates to honor you and to care for their family well. Father, build up these precious children through repentance and trust in Jesus to help them, Lord, grow to be shining brights, shining lights in this uh, dark and deceitful, deceitful world. Oh, Lord, thank you for all that you have said and revealed to us this morning. We give you the praise and the glory. And we pray that you would indeed give us Christian homes in this church. Homes where the word of God is embraced and it is lived. And we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.